time by reading a few passages in first in Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter thirteen. Jeremiah chapter 13, uh, we'll read verses 1 through 11. Thus the Lord said to me, Go and buy yourself a linen waistband, and put it around your waist, but do not put it in water. So I bought the waistband in accordance with the word of the Lord, and put it around my waist. Then the word of the Lord came to me a second time, saying, Take the, wa- take the waistband that you have bought, which is around your waist, and arise, go to the Euphrates, and hide it there in a crevice of the rock. So I went and hid it by the Euphrates, as the Lord had commanded me. After many days, the Lord said to me, Arise, go to the Euphrates, and take from there the waistband, which I commanded you to hide there. Then I went to the, U- to the Euphrates, and dug, and took the waistband from the place where I hid in it, and lo, the waistband was ruined. It was totally worthless. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Thus says the Lord, Just so will I destroy the pride of Judah and the great pride of Jerusalem. This wicked people who refuse to listen to my words, who walk in the stubbornness of their hearts and have gone after other gods to serve them and to bow down to them, let them be just like this waistband, which is totally worthless. For as the waistband clings to the waist of a man, so I made the whole household of Israel and the whole household of Judah cling to me, declares the Lord, that they might be for me a people for renown, for praise, and for glory. But they did not listen. Yeah, 见腰带已经变坏使我得名声得颂赞得荣耀他们却不肯听 and then John chapter 15 约翰福音第十五章 starting from verse 1 从第一节 also to verse 11 到十一节 I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser every branch in me that does not bear fruit he takes away and every branch that bears fruit he prunes it so that it may bear more fruit you are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away as a branch and dries up. 
and they gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Just as the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made full. 我是真葡萄树，我父是栽培的人。凡属我不结果子的枝子，他就剪去；凡结果子的，他就修理干净，使枝子结果子更多。现在你们因我讲给你们的道已经干净了，你们要常在我里面，我也常在你们里面。枝
you know, if someone were to ask, you know, what is the secret to our Christian walk and our Christian living? I mean, one can simply point and say, the Lord gave us the answer here. Abide in me. I am the true vine. All life comes from me. Come to me. And yet, it seems that oftentimes it's like the most difficult thing for us to do naturally. It seems to go against our every being, our nature to do such a thing. And so we, we, we see that uh, play out oftentimes, in, of course, in the, you know, the Old Testament. And if you read the history of Israel, you see a very sad story. Uh, of a people that was chosen by the Lord. And yet decided to turn away from him. So in, in reading the story that we read in Jeremiah, it's an interesting little um, story. I mean, I feel we should give a little background to Jeremiah. You know, Jeremiah, in his ministry, when he began his prophetic ministry, it happened to be a very, very dark time in the history, in, the, in Israel's history. At the time that he was called to, to ministry, the northern kingdom of Israel had already been conquered by uh, Assyria and had, the people had been scattered. And the, and the southern kingdom, Judah, um, and where Jerusalem is, um, they, you know, when Jeremiah was born, it was during one of the most wicked kings in Judah's history, Manasseh. And when Jeremiah was called by the Lord to be a prophet, um, at that time there was uh, the king uh, was a boy, eight-year-old boy named Josiah. Uh, if Jeremiah himself, he came from a priestly family. He had priestly training. And yet the Lord chose this man to be a prophet to the people. And if you if you read the history, you know about Josiah. He is actually a very good king. Um, he he was the one who restored and cleaned the temple. During his time, they found the lost book of the law and he read it to the people. There seems to be a great, you know, a reformation at that time, a revival of the people. And yet when you read Jeremiah, uh, it, it wasn't much of a, a story of celebration. Unfortunately, Jeremiah came with a message of judgment. Judgment against Judah. Because they had rebelled and sinned greatly. Jeremiah is known that people call him the weeping prophet. Because many believe he wrote the lamentation. 
But if you also read in Jeremiah, you see the heart of Jeremiah really outpouring for the people is he's crying um, for for the people for his people, um, knowing that there is judgment to come. 可是你如果读耶利米书，你看到他如何是为着人民流泪，他为着以色列人流泪。And he sympathized with them。啊，他也啊同情他们。But it broke his heart that his fellow countrymen would reject the Lord and turn to idols。可是他的本国的子民却是转离开神去拜偶像，他就非常心痛。They forsook the the very covenant that the Lord established. 他们他们背弃了神与他们立的约。And so we get to the story in uh, Jeremiah 13.所以我们来到耶利米书十三章的故事。The um, Lord is commanding Jeremiah to uh, do uh, some specific things.呃，神就是要求耶利米做事情。And uh, we know that this what what he's doing is supposed to be a symbolic act.我们知道他做的是一个象征性的事。And if you read Jeremiah, he the Lord uses Jeremiah in this way many in many different occasions.你如果读耶利米书，你会看到神几次的叫他这样做。Where he uses a, 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 a sort of a, an example of something, a, a depiction, to describe a, a prophetic judgment that the Lord would bring about.呃，他就是要耶利米做几件不同的事，让可以彰显出呃在预言当中的一些呃要来的审判。And so here in Jeremiah 13, the the Lord commands Jeremiah to purchase. A, a linen waistband and to wear it. 所以在耶利米书十三章, 呃, 神叫耶利米去买一根麻布带子, so, 然后束腰, so, you know, the, most of you, some of your translations may have um, it as a sash or a girdle. 所以有一些翻译有可能是说它是一个带子, 或者是一个, 呃, 呃, <laughs> I mean, well, I could say the closest thing that we could probably think of is, and I'm going to use this word because everyone knows what it means, is a belt. It's meant to go around your waist, the waistband. And it holds, the, you know, it ties it around and holds your clothes together. And it functions pretty much like a belt. And it's made out of linen. So we know that it's made out it, it, it's made out of flax and they, they weave it together to make this belt. Um, and so the Lord commands Jeremiah to purchase one of these and to wear it. And when we read the story, we see that this belt is supposed to represent the king um, the people of Israel. And unfortunately, there's a, a sad ending to this story. Let us read verse 11 again. For as the waistband clings to the waist of a man, so I make the whole household of Israel and the whole household of Judah cling to me, declares the Lord, that they might be for me a people for renown, for praise, and for glory, but they did not listen. 耶和华说：“腰带怎样紧贴人腰，照样我也使以色列全家和犹大全家紧贴我，好叫他们使我为子民，使我得名声，得颂赞，得荣耀。”他们却不肯听。So and actually, as we in the verse before that, we see a prophetic um, judgment upon upon Israel. The Lord said, "Just as this waistband is ruined, so I will destroy the pride of Judah." 所以在这个之前，我们看到就如同 
But we also see the story as an indictment against the spiritual condition of Israel. There is one phrase that we read in verse 11 that I think is uh, very interesting. And that's the phrase that the Lord has called the whole household of Israel and the whole house of Judah to cling to me. And so this phrase, to cling to the Lord, I wanted to focus on today. Now what does it mean to cling to something? I feel like today, especially as parents, we that word is a kind that doesn't have a very good connotation to it. Uh, you know, when we describe our children as being clingy, it's uh, not a, it's not a good thing sometimes. Uh, so, I mean, naturally, I would take him to a friend's house, a place he's never been. Of course, he's got a little scared. So we walk in, and I'm trying to like, you know, let's let's come down, let's take off our shoes, and he's like, he's like holding on to me, like for dear life. I'll let go of my arm. He's like, he's like holding on to my neck like a monkey. And he's like. So he he won't detach himself from me. And as as parents, I think you all like sometimes it's like you gotta give me a break here. And and you know, in in many ways as we you know rear our children and and teach them to grow up, um, the worldly view is we desire our children to grow up so that you know, they would become responsible and mature so that they wouldn't need to be so attached to us. You know, in many ways, we, we try to teach our children that they would learn to take care of themselves. Even today, I'm still teaching my daughter how to go, go and dress herself. You don't need me to go and help you dress. But, you know, if we would take it and flip the um, perspective around a little bit, if I was to think about why is my son clinging on to me so much? It's because he, in his mind, he he cannot live without this that I'm clinging to. It's where he finds comfort. He's in a scary situation. I need to go to the one I can depend on. And I don't want to let go. Because I'm afraid. Right. So, you know, in, 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 many, in many ways, um, I, I think about this when we, as, as we have been, you know, sharing on this matter of sonship. So, 
you know, in, in, in uh, today we think about, you know, sons growing up. We think of mature sons that are responsible and able to take care of themselves. And I think if we think if we look at it, um, I feel what the Lord is trying to teach us is is actually on the contrary. As we mature as sons, as we um, experience our Lord all the more, we realize how much more we need Him. 成长成熟，我们更多的认识神，我们却发觉说我们是何等的更多的需要他。And that dependence on Him doesn't change.那那依靠他的心并没有改变。But it's our faith in Him that matures.可是我们对他的信心增长。And and grows into something that the Lord can truly use.我们却可以成长，就让让神能够使用。So I think it's important for us to look at this matter of clinging to the Lord in a different light.所以我盼望我们可以用另外一个光来看这个。now the Hebrew word for for cling to keep close to hold fast to. This Hebrew word he shall be joined to his wife. That join is the same word. But in, if we look at specifically that phrase, cling to the Lord, I, I, I may have miscounted, but I think I counted ten times that the Lord used that in the Old Testament. For example, um, you don't have to turn to the, let's look at uh, Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 20. Uh, you shall fear the Lord your God. You shall swear, uh, serve Him and cling to Him, and you shall swear by His name. Joshua, Joshua 22, Only be very careful to observe the commandment and the Lord which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you. To love the Lord your God and walk in all His ways and keep His commandments and hold fast to Him. And serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. So again, that word hold fast, cling to, same word. But you are to cling to the Lord your God as you have done to this day. So we see that there's something the Lord is desiring of His people here. It seems to describe the heart of the Lord and what He desires in this relationship that He wants with us. And if we think about it that way, there should be nothing negative about this matter of wanting to cling to the Lord. So we think back to the the very relationship the Lord had desired with with us from the very beginning. When he created man to put him in the Garden of Eden. In his desire um, to have a intimate relationship each and every day walking with us communing with us 
that man would experience his ever constant presence. That God was to be near at all times. We see that God had desire for man to depend on him. Relying solely on his life. That we would be blessed by the very supply that He gives us. But of course, we know that we uh, man man ultimately, by choosing the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, we chose to live an independent life from God. That we thought that we could live on our own accord. That we don't need God. And so there and that leads us and and, and therefore we have um, essentially the fall in nature of man has been the, as such as from, from the very beginning. That we have been a people that have rebelled against God's very desire for us. Well, so it's very easy for us to, you know, look through the Old Testament and read these, you know, prophecies in in in, in the Old Testament, such as in Jeremiah, and think, well, this is just the Lord talking to Israel. But really, we see a warning here for us. This is, this is a prophetic message for us as well. And so I thought we could look at it a little bit more in depth. We think about this, symbol, this symbolic act. What is the Lord trying to say? What is the warning he's giving us? And what can we do? So I see, I look at this, um, what, what the Lord has, this story, and I see five signs. Five aspects of this um, linen belt that the Lord has called um, Jeremiah to, to wear. Now, number one, we we realize that the Lord what the Lord commanded uh, Jeremiah to do is to purchase this belt. So so we and I wanted to look at verse eleven again. Uh, we read the this the, the how um, as this belt a waistband clings to the waist of a man, so I made the whole household of Israel and the whole household of the Lord cling to me. In that second cling in the Hebrew, what the Lord is saying is He has caused Israel to cling to Him. And so this reminds us that there is something, it is the Lord that was after something. The initiator of this purchase is God Himself. And what was He after? What was, what was He looking for in, in, this, in this people? When He called Abraham out of Ur, 
And brought him to Canaan. When he rescued his people out of Egypt and brought him through the wilderness, what was he after? Well, we see the Lord declaring that that they might be for me a people for renown, for praise, and for glory. The Lord had chosen um, this, this people to be a people for himself. And he chose them, chose them to, to come out of this world and to be bound to him, to be, clung, uh, to be clinging to him. And really, when we think about this belt, the thing that ties around your waist, you know, there is this one of the most essential parts of your outfit. You know, and it's the close. You know, it keeps it close to you. So that's how close the Lord desired for these people to be to Him. So we think the rest of that world. Where, where idolatry was rampant. He wanted a people that was special for him, that 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 followed him. So the second the second aspect I see this belt is an, is an interesting one is when the Lord commanded Jeremiah when he purchased the belt to wear, but also not to wash it. So I, um, in studying this, I, I, I see there, like there, there are different opinions about what what this represents. Um, some think washing a waistband makes it uh, not not as functional. I don't know, that it, that it wears out faster. I am no expert in laundry. <laughs> uh, my wife does all laundry. Uh, and I don't know anything about linen. I don't have anything that's like made out of linen. Although I did read that like if you if you the more you wash linen, the softer it gets, so it's nicer. All I know is, this is the only thing I can think of, but all I know is it is very strange if you were to purchase something from the store and not wash it before you wear it. That would be kind of weird. Yeah, you don't know who's, who's worn it before, who's tried it on before you purchase it, right? You gotta wash it first, right? So, you know, when we think of washing and the Lord commanding this pe- like this waistband not to be washed, to me, you know, it, it seems to imply that, you know, what it should be done is that, you know, this, this should be a clean belt. And, and that's what we know, and we know the Lord desired for a, a, a sanctified holy nation. So what, what so defiled um, the people of Israel? That they would turn to other gods. That they would even practice 
the things that the world, the, 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 uh, the Canaanites and all the, the pagan nations were doing. Tatsutadri. You know, and we think about linen actually in the Bible. It really actually, um, the use of linen seems to imply that there is something, you know, that is uh, well made and fancy about it. You know, when we read next the high priest, what he wore was this sack, the linen, uh, a, li- um, a belt made of fine, twisted blue and purple linen. So there was a bit of an ornamental quality. Or like it, you know, an ornamental quality of this belt. And as function. But it, you know, it also, you know, looks good. And so and so he cheers Jeremiah wearing this belt. It seems like it, you know, there's nothing wrong with it. And we know that, as we read in verse 11, that the Lord desired for Israel as to be a people for his glory. But there is a word that Jeremiah uses, that the, that the Lord uses in Jeremiah. To describe Judah. And he calls Judah treacherous. So let's look at Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 8. And I saw that for all the adulteries of faithless Israel, I had sent her away and given her a right of divorce. Yet her treacherous sister Judah did not fear, but she went and also uh, and went, but she went and was a harlot also. So we see that here. Uh, the Lord is describing Judah as a treacherous. So we can see that the Lord is describing Judah as a treacherous. So we can see that the Lord is describing Judah as a treacherous. So we can see that the Lord is and you would think, you know, just like, you know, if your your sibling 
was punished by the, your, your parents for something, you would think you're like, oh, I better stop doing that, or else I'm going to get the same punishment. So, if your and what we see Judah, what, and what Judah did in describing as being treacherous, it implies that there is some falsehood behind their very actions. Essentially describing that, you know, from the outward appearance, they, they, they heard the Lord, but inwardly, there was no change. So we look at just an, a few examples, chapter Jeremiah 5, verse 2. And although they say, as the Lord lives, surely they swear falsely. Um, chapter se- uh, Jeremiah chapter 7, verses 1. And the word came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Stand in the gate of the Lord's house and proclaim there this word, and say, Hear the word of the Lord, all you Judah, who enter by these gates to worship the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, amend your ways and your deeds, and I will let you dwell in this place. Do not trust in deceptive words, saying, This is the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord. For you truly amend your ways and your deeds, if you truly practice justice between a man and, an, and his neighbor. Um, let's just skip to verse 7. And then I will let you dwell in this place, in the land that I gave your fathers forever and ever. Behold, you are trusting in deceptive words to no avail. Quantin 我们到第七节，我就使你们在这地方仍然居住，就是我古时所赐给你们列祖的地，直到永永，直到永远。And then verse we are wise and the law of the Lord is with us. But behold, the lying pen of the scribes has made it into a lie. The wise men are put to shame. They are dismayed and caught. Behold, they have rejected the word of the Lord. Um, and what kind of wisdom do they have? Therefore, I will give their wives to others, their fields to new owners, because from the least even to the greatest, everyone is greedy for gain. From the prophet even to the priest, everyone practices deceit. They heal the brokenness of the daughter of my people superficially, saying, Peace, peace, but there is no peace. So, I mean, if we ask the question, like, how, how does it make, uh, how does it tie in to what we read about Josiah and bringing about this reform and this revival, which seems to have, you know, turned the kingdom back to the Lord? All of it 
you know, in this work seems superficial. So you know, the people were, uh, it, it, when in their outward appearance, seemed to turn back to the Lord. Being at the temple, saying this is the temple of the Lord. All this outward, superficial religion. And yet, and yet the sin was so embedded in their, in the inwardly, in their very hearts, in their very lives, daily. And the Lord knew the heart of His people. So they knew the 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 um the adulterous nature of other acts. He knew that they were sinners. Such that the in the word that the Lord used in describing this superficial outward appearance is treacherous. So the Lord is describing such a superficial that he sees the falsehood in your acts. And so this the outward appearance of this belt may seem like it's you know doing what it's supposed to do. But in the heart, the inwardly there is rebellion. And, so, and, and in fact, when we think of the fourth aspect of the, what, um, of the belt, that when Jeremiah was commanded to go to the Euphrates and discard this belt. To bury it. You know, so if we think about if if it, if we take it literally that the Lord commanded Jeremiah to go all the way to Euphrates. To bury you know, we went a very long way from Israel to go all the way east um, and to to discard this belt. And and we see here um, even a reminder of how how far that the people of Israel rejected the ways of the Lord and turned to the ways of this world. They rejected um, the purpose that the Lord had given to them and instead turned to idols. And finally, when Jeremiah is commanded to dig up the belt, by this time this belt is uh, ruined beyond you know, use. Dirty. Uh, no one would want to wear this belt anymore. And it, the word that is used to describe um, uh, worthless in verse 7. Uh, um, you know, in, in the Hebrew, the, in, it means the not prosperous. I know what that means. I'm not sure. Well, anyway, so the idea is this that um, not that you would become you know, 
full of fortune and good fortune or whatever. But, you know, the idea is that you are not useful for any prosperous reason. Uh, Essentially, the Lord would find no use in you. And that, if you, if, brothers and sisters, if we think about that and we read that, what a terrible indictment. Uh, that the Lord would look at Israel uh, and say, you are totally worthless to me. Uh, and brothers and sisters, this should be a warning to us today. Uh, I, don't think, I, I don't think any of us would would want to hear the Lord say that you are <音>我们上一次分享的时候我们提到提摩太后书第二章讲到在大户人家里头有贵重的器皿那是被分别出来让主人可以用我没有人愿意做一个不贵重的器皿那主人看到就说我 这个事情，这个东西我不能用。这对我一点用处都没有。这对我一点用处都没有。这对我一点用处都没有。这对我一点用处都没有。这对我一点用处都没有。这对我一点用处都没有。这对我一点用处都没有。这对我一点用处都没
啊，去呼召呼吁他的子民可以归向他。他们他们给俺的Lord delivered these 什么东西就是让我们不能够一直回去紧贴的神呢? Well, I, I, um, I would say it's unbelief. 我想就是一个不幸的心。And it's a chronic state. 这是一个慢性的事情。That we don't trust God uh, for who He is. 因为我们不信靠神是谁。We don't trust God that we, know he, that we think He knows best for us. 我们不相信他对我们一切是最好的。We don't trust in His promises. 我们不信靠他的应许。we think that we know better. We lose faith when, you know, he isn't answering our prayers. And this chronic unbelief leads us to lose contact with our Lord. And without that, without contact, without that closeness, clinging to the Lord, we are we're only left to rely on ourselves. And we are no longer sustained by this the life-giving source that is our Lord Jesus. I don't want us to turn away from Jeremiah thinking that it was all dooming, dooming and, and misfortune and, and judgment. Well, it's true, there was judgment. The prophecy, you know, the truth, he, God promised that he, they, would, they would be taken by Babylon. There was, that was true. But if you study Jeremiah and you read the prophecies, you see that the heart of the Lord in his judgment is not a, a judgment of Condemnation. But rather a judgment that a father gives to his son. Looks, uh, if we look at Jeremiah chapter 30, verses 10 and 11. Fear not, O Jacob, my servant, declares the Lord, and do not be dismayed, O Israel, for behold, I will save you from afar, and your offspring from the land of their captivity, and Jacob will return and will be quiet and at ease, and no one will make him afraid, for I am with you, declares the Lord, to save you, for I will destroy completely all the nations where I have scattered you, only I will not destroy you completely, but I will chasten you justly. For will by no means leave you unpunished. 故此耶和华说我的仆人雅各不要惧怕以色列不要惊慌因我要从远方拯救你从贝鲁到之地拯救你的后裔雅各必回来得享平静安逸无人使他害怕因我与你同在要拯救你必要将所感善你到的那些国
you know, one of the difficult things I, I have been uh, learning as a, as a young parent is this matter of disciplining my children. I think there, there, are many op- there are many times where there is one, there, you know, you just, you know, want to be, you know, it's okay. I mean, I don't, I, I feel like, I, you know, I'll let it go. But as a father, to, you know, there, there is an, there is um, responsibility, um, and and really um, your role to to not let some uh, something that is being done wrong to to let to let it go. 可是做一个父亲, 你知道有这个责任, 呃, 不能够, because, because we know our children will just keep learning and doing the same thing over and over again. 因为我们知道我们的孩子, 他们会重复的, 呃, and it is our responsibility as parents to teach and to train our children to know the way the right way. 所以做父母亲的, 我们就需要教导他们, 训练他们, 呃, 那个正, 正道, and we know God, He's a God of righteousness. He cannot let sin go unpunished. You know, he um it to do so would be against his very nature. And so as a father, his you know, in his judgment, he is disciplining his children. And yet even one of the things I'm learning, how, how do you discipline with grace and with mercy? And it seems sometimes it seems so hard when you're reading the, the difficult things that is being prophesied in Jeremiah. But we see throughout the book the Lord's mercy even in his judgment. And every turn he was telling the people, turn to me and I will forgive you. And even at the very end, when that when the prophecy was going to happen, he, you know, he and his promise, I will not completely destroy you, I will bring you back. Because you are a son to me. And I must chasten you for your for what you've done. And that is how the Lord um in his in his relationship with us is is teaching us and training us even even today. We thank the Lord that that's the heart of God, not that his desire for his people was always to return to him. That his heart's desire was to restore that relationship that we threw away. And so when we you know, when we when we read um in John fifteen, which is we know is a very familiar passage to us. You know, when we think about this aspect of the Lord calling us to abide in Him, uh, I, I hear an echo. Just as the Father saying, cling to me. Uh, cling to the Lord. 
That's where our Lord Jesus is saying, "Abide in me." Hold fast to me. Cling to me. You know, the Lord Jesus was sent to, to, so that was sent so for us, so that we would be um, brought back into that, such a relationship with God. Though we were the one who forsook the covenant that the Lord established with us, He brought a new covenant. And even in the chapter, and even in the chapter before, we know in John chapter fourteen verse six, Jesus says, "I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but through Me." And then in verse 18, he says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you in in, in talking about the Holy Spirit. You see, the heart of the Lord is a desire to bring us back into that relationship with Him. And we will return to the original purpose that the Lord desired for us, that is to cling to Him and to abide in Him. So we see that the Lord Jesus says He is the true vine. And we are the branches. In fact, we are grafted branches. We don't even we didn't even belong. And the branches depend solely on the life source that comes from the main vine. And if we look at verse um, 5, the end of verse 5, well, let's just read verse 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If we are not abiding in the true vine, if we are not drawing from the very light source of, of the vine, then we bear no fruit. And we see Lord Jesus says, then you can do nothing. It reminds us that out of our own human ability and nature, we can accomplish nothing. Well, let me clarify. We can, we can do a lot of things. This world, this world has many examples of people accomplishing many great things in this world. But there is no spiritual value in any of that. That's not what the Lord was after. Apart from me, you can do nothing that is of spiritual value to me. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Like, as if you're worthless. And so, um, again, a reminder for us how, even as branches, how we are supposed to depend, cling to, and abide in the life-giving source that the vine has for us. And, and in fact, the Lord Jesus Himself, in, in, given, in given examples, has shown us the way. 
For he himself is the one who depended solely on his father. In full obedience. He abided in his father. And so he calls us to abide in him. You know, this matter of clinging to something, right? There's a there's a sense of attaching to something, right? It's almost as if like the Lord Jesus is that glue that holds us to the Lord. Jesus where where we ought to cling to. So we ought to depend on. Even as we are talking about this matter of sonship and maturing as sons. You know, we think about how you know we ought to grow into fathers as it says in first John, right? Uh, but what did it say about the fathers? They knew him who was from the very beginning. No matter how we how how much we mature and grow, we ought not to forget who we knew from the very beginning. You know, people tell I, I you know, I like to jokingly complain how attached my kids are to me. Uh but they everyone always says, Oh, but wait till they grow older, then they're gonna want nothing uh, want something to do with you. <laughs> and I think that would be sad. I, I would I would think as a parent I would want my children to know who they can depend on. 我想这会是很悲哀的事，所以我希望，我做一个父母亲，我真是愿意我孩子知道他们可以依靠谁。Who they can come to when when they need to depend on something。当他们需要依靠的时候，他们可以来到谁跟前？And God and the Lord doesn't want us to forget that ever。啊，主永远不希望我们忘记。Though we mature sons，虽然我们儿子做可以成熟，our faith matures，我们的信心成熟。Into a into a real mature um understanding and experience of who the Lord is。uh, it should make us all the more desire to cling to him. All the more to realize how how much we we can't do it on our own. And how much we need him. Uh, and so I, I, I just in to close I just want to look at um, once again this phrase of clinging. So in another aspect, the way that the word is used in the Old Testament, figuratively, it describes an action of pursuing and overtaking. So it's you know it, it, it would often be used the same word would use when someone is chasing after someone and overtaking them meaning to catch up to them. Uh, you, you can 
And I thought that was a very interesting way of using that word. We know, of course, the Lord has called us to be ones who cling to Him. But there's also the action of, I, 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 like, I think of the action of us in constant pursuit of Him. That our desire is that we would pursue after the Lord all the more. That even what we have is not enough. We want more of Him. I must pursue Him at all times. That my desire to abide in Him, I will continue to seek pursuing Him. It reminds me of 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 words that our Apostle Paul spoke in Philippians. If we return to there, Philippians chapter three, verse twelve, Not that I have already obtained it or have already become perfect, but I press on so that I may lay hold of that which as also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having it laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore, as many as are perfect, have this attitude. And if, it is, and if in anything you have a different attitude, God will reveal that also to you. However, let us keep living by that same standard to which we have attained. It always amazes me when I read this and, and how even someone like the Apostle Paul would say, I, I, I continue to press on. I, I, haven't got, I haven't gotten it yet. But just as Christ had laid hold of him, he continues to pursue so that he may fully lay hold of Christ. And this is not a characteristic of a dependent life. A life that realizes that apart from Christ, you can do nothing. And so therefore we press on to pursue after him to, uh, to seek to attain more of him that our, the, the very desire in our hearts so that we may cling to the Lord always sisters, I think you know, even in today's days it's so easy for us to fall into uh, as we describe the very superficial way of living Outwardly, we may be doing everything that you know may seem right in in the eyes of um, what the Bible teaches. But the Lord Jesus desires something deeper. An inward work. A heart that is 
that is that that desires nothing else but to cling to him. 就这心就是要唯一的就是要依靠要紧贴他。We cannot depend on these outward manifestations of our faith. 我们不能够就单单靠的这些在信心外在的事。The Lord desires an intimate relationship with each and every one of us. 神与我们每一个人都要有一个亲密的关系。Have we given that very best to our Lord? 我们是不是有把我们的最好给他? Or have we given our very best to this world? 还是我们把我们的最好给了世界? Those idols in our lives that we don't even realize. We need to be before the Lord about those. But does he have your heart fully? Do you realize that apart from him you can do nothing? May we learn to truly abide in the true vine. To cling to him. Because he is able. He is um, the only one who can give us that life-sustaining uh, power. He's the only one we can depend on. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, how we thank you that you are the, the source of all life. And how you are indeed the way, the truth, and the life. We thank you that it is through your sacrifice on the cross you have reestablished and brought us back to the Father. That even today we can call ourselves children of God. That we have such a relationship. Lord, we we oftentimes how how we forgive us for our unbelief. Our lack of faith in trusting that you are the one who we can solely depend on. Help us, Lord, to cling to you always. To rely on you. You are the fountain of living water. It is in you that we will never thirst again. Everything that this world offers is in vain. If it, apart from you, we can do nothing. Help us to cling to you, Lord Jesus. To abide in you. To rely solely on you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.